Welcome to Cocktails Over Coffee, a podcast that spotlights truly inspiring individuals that have taken a leap of faith by leaving their corporate careers, otherwise known as their coffee, to pursue their passion, otherwise known as their cocktail. I'm Janae Green, and I'm so excited to be here with the founder behind the brand, Denim Rush, also the designer, the creative, all things, Aparna Visarala. Thank you so much for being here today, Aparna. You are welcome. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm so, I always love talking to um, people that have like started their own brands and things like that, especially because my background is in fashion. So this will be such an interesting conversation. And offline, we just talked about the fact that we had ties to the same school. So I went to Kent State University for fashion Mm -hmm. and you didn't go to Kent State. You went to school in New York, but you studied abroad with Kent State students, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I... Went to the New York School of Interior Design, um, and I was like, I have to study abroad, like, like, yeah. because New York School of Inter- Interior Design is a very, um, like, you know what you're doing if you're going there type of school, sort of, yes. and like, it's very focused, it's very like, internship oriented, and like, kind of, you make it your own. So it's not necessarily think it's more like grad school if you were to think of it. In okay, okay, that makes sense. So I was like hell no like I have to study abroad and kind of like have this college experience yeah I'm from Ohio so we found that Kent State was a really good study abroad program and they let me come and study for a semester so I like switched schools for one semester that's incredible I didn't I actually didn't even know that Kent State allowed that so that's really good they did it I was like you just asked listen close mouths don't get fed (laughs) I was like this needs to happen. How do we do this? Yes. Okay, cool. So you studied abroad with Kent State students. You were an interior design major. You went to school yeah. in New York. Mm-hmm. And so upon graduation, what did you do? What was your plan? So um, right before I graduated, I was working for Wimberley Interiors. They mm-hmm. are um, they're great. They um, do design hotels and resorts. So I was in the hospitality industry um, prior to, and so I was like, okay, you know, they had offered me a full-time job. So I was like, yes, thank you so much. Wonderful. And then I was like, around the same time, I was like dabbling with fashion, just kind of like, I don't know, like I was just doing, I was just doing whatever. Like I didn't really have a plan per se. Um, And so when I, started denim rush it was around the same time and it was just like there was only hand painted jackets because I was I would do um large scale paintings all the time for yeah. like clients and whatever so I was like all right this jacket is so boring I was just like bored I was working on my thesis I was bored of everything so yeah. um I painted a jacket and I wore it around and everyone was like where did you get this from blah 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 so then I was like okay mm, let's do something. I don't like, let's just start something and see where it goes. Like, so I started it and then I had gotten this opportunity to consult, um, in retail design, like experiential retail design. And this is when everyone's like, retail is dying. And it was like, obviously when something dies, right, there's something else that Yes, is born. So um, I wanted to kind of learn more about the fashion retail industry. So I was like, this is an interesting opportunity because I'm on the other side where teaching brands how to create an experience. And a big part of hospitality design is you're creating this experience for someone who's staying there, who's going to be there with 
what what's the vibe what are we giving them how are they feeling because it was like exactly inside bars clubs like the hotel the residence like everything right yeah of course i was just an intern but <laughs> i was like g- gaining a lot of knowledge because i was yeah. like you know i got to work with a lot of higher ups and i had amazing mentors um yeah that's that's great you so, had good access to like the the brand overall totally like what was yeah. it going to be so then after that i was like I, when i graduated i actually wound up taking the consulting job full time okay. for for experiential retail design and so i did that and it was like crazy because you were just like thrown into this world of fashion and like it's kind of the worst industry and yeah um, and like yet people still do it like why am i in it like it's It's honestly like it it is what everyone thinks it is like that is the fashion industry well i was just like everyone's my big thing was like everyone was really stressed out and i'm like it's clothing but the thing is that they like to be stressed out it's like this weird it's It's like a weird that they all complain about it but they love it they yeah, love being stressed. Exactly. So um, I got to work with um, Cabana and like awesome. Liberty Fairs yeah. and Pottery, which is like where it all started. And yes. I, um, I would design there, of course, along with um, my boss, Valentino mm-hmm. Vittori. And we would um, design these like large scale experiences for yeah. like Pottery and you know, teaching brands how to communicate with their consumers, how to like change. That's really like, cool. what is the new what is the new form of retail sort yeah. of. Yeah. Uh, and then I got invited to well, we got invited to go to um, summit and design okay. like what the future of retail was. So that was a really interesting experience because we um, also did a like. Uh, um, audio visual sort of experience we yeah. designed this like AR app and like when you would scan it like it would oh my gosh wait, wait did you design it or did you have a team that helped you like how did oh, you not know how to... I did not code it I did not code it okay I was like how did you even know how to do that <laughs> no, no 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 I did not code it I had to learn a lot about coding okay but I code it. um we just had to you know we I created all the markers and so like we were like okay when someone points at this like this video needs to pop yes up. okay that, that makes sense code that yeah no I do not do the coding um okay I was I about to be very impressed not that I'm not impressed but I was about to be very impressed no um I designed the experience so then um so all throughout that you know I was working on Denim Rush just kind of like as like a you know, side like, thing did you know what Denim Rush was like gonna be at that point or was it just kind of oh, like no idea okay no idea like I did a couple of street shows um and I would do live paintings there and then I realized that like that's what people enjoy, like having yeah. this sort of like watching this like live action happening. So yeah. like, and that combined with like my experience with the experiential design aspect, I was like, okay, I feel like I'm hitting something here yeah. that I could offer to brands um, more as like an experience. I mm-hmm. feel. So we did. I did that, and then, um, just like, and then did a bunch of like we would design stuff in Miami, LA, like whatever the whole nine years. So cool, yeah. Um, and then after kind of designing all these experiences, um, I, along with Valentino, we um, started this 
museum called Arcadia Earth and it was about okay. sustainability because he comes from the fashion industry too and he was like okay we throw away so much shit and like yeah. it's so bad for the environment um and no one's like and no one cares because everything's just so depressing and like hard to look at so yeah. we wanted to create this like um experience that was very positive and very like like the museum of ice cream but like yeah. for sustainability essentially really cool so we launched that like in our at our basel and then last year was we it launched a was it a pop-up museum it, it at our basel yeah okay it was like a pop-up experience and cool. then yeah we worked with like the one hotel as well we like did a pop-up experience at the one hotel really cool um, and then now it's open in New York. There's like, it's on Broadway that I, that was what I did last year, essentially. And then yeah. throughout all of this, of course, I'm like doing these experiences with Dunham Rush, just trying to figure out like, right. what I'm doing like what, you know, what the brand was going to be right, and, you know, learning and just like kind of gaining all the knowledge I could. And then after we opened Arcadia, I was kind of like, all right, well, so this is the time either I continue down this path or like I try to, you know, like figure something out that yeah. I want to do. Um, were you enjoying the work that you were doing? Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. It's it sounds really like, interesting. It doesn't sound like the typical, like graduate, get a job type of thing. It sounds yeah, like you no, it of, wasn't, it wasn't. I mean, like you took a um, non-traditional path. Totally. Yeah. I mean, like, so I was like a founding partner and the head of creative for Arcadia and it was great. It was just amazing. It's, just, it's a lot of work, you know? Yes. And um, at that point I kind of was just like, all right, so either I can continue to do this or I could just try denim rush and just see right. where it goes. I'm like young, like if it doesn't work, it's fine. I have like, enough yeah, you can figure something else out. Yeah. And like, you can always just get a desk. You can get a job. It's fine. Like you can figure yeah. it out. You can get a job if it doesn't work, whatever, let's just give it a shot. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So then when I quit, we started working on, um, a lot of different experiences. Like we worked with Sam Edelman again. Um, and then we were going to work, uh, with a couple of festivals and kind of just like in that whole experience space. Um, so we weren't necessarily like an e-commerce brand. Um, like we were selling some stuff, but I wasn't yeah. like. You were more experiential. It sounds like you did more partnerships mm -hmm. and more partnerships, more okay. experiential, yeah, more um, like in person um, sort of experience. And yeah. and when you say like when you would work with these brands, like would it be you that you were kind of like presenting as the experience, like you doing live paintings? Yeah. What other experiences did you guys offer as a brand? So we did. Um, we would tie dye on the spot. So like if anyone bought anything, so for Bloomingdale's, we did that. We've done like hand painted jackets. So yeah. we would like wear the jacket and we, I would paint it on your back or something like that. It was like oh this really gosh. like interesting like experience. Yeah. Did you have a team um, or was it just you? It was me. And then I had like a couple of interns that helped out here and there. Awesome. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. Cause it sounds lot. like it, it sounds like a, a bit of it's work. A lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It was a lot of me lugging just suitcases of shit everywhere <laughs> i can't imagine especially <laughs> in new york city what did you do did you just throw them in the back of cabs oh my god i lived on a five floor walk up no, so like and i had to take 
and it was like in the East Village. So I was like, okay, fine. I'm in the East Village. It's okay, whatever. Right. But like, I literally, like, I had these pictures of my apartment, first of all, that are just like, it looked like Dexter's lab in there. There was just like, Stop. literally um, plastic covering everywhere. And like, there was paint dripping down all the plastic. Oh, your apartment was like, your studio. You lived in your studio. Yeah, I lived in my studio. So. So then I was like, all right, this is out of control. Um, yeah. But whatever, you got to do what you got to do. It's so worth we, it. Yeah, it's New York. We had, we did like live painting events. We did like stamping events. We did, tie-dye tie was like our big one, but we started it like a year ago. Okay. Um, and so our tie-dye is different because it's not dye, it's paint. So the big oh. reason that we did that is because we, dye bleeds everywhere. It's like toxic. Like you can get non-toxic dye, but it's yeah. still like a hassle. Um, so we like mixed our own, we had to figure out how to do it so that I could do it on the spot. And then, Mm -hmm. and then it's easy care for the customer, a typical New Yorker. Like, how are they going to take care of this? Right. Right. So, um, so we came up with our own blend of paint. So then when you, we customize it, we would just give it to you in a garment bag. And then once it's dry, you just have to put it in the dryer and then it's done. Oh my gosh. So interesting. Um, and how were you like finding these uh, different activations? Like, were you just like dreaming them up? Or were you like doing them based off so, of things that you've seen? I think a big part of it was like working along with the brand because yeah. like we were going to do an event with um, guests and Jay Balvin. And so mm-hmm. sad it like. It didn't happen? Like, no, because it was in it was in March. This was when March every- when you were supposed to have a big yeah. month. Oh, yeah. no. Okay. So, um so yeah I was like whatever I'm over this um (laughs) but with them they had like certain motifs they wanted us to paint okay Um, yeah it it depends on like you know what the brand is trying to like present so that for them they were trying to focus on this new launch so how could they offer this like experience for um you know their customers and then you know we would work with like we like we work with wing where we would create experiences for their members oh wow. so um, that's more on like the corporate side i mean think about it you work all day long and then you could get to come to this event where you drink wine and you learn how to paint a hat yeah like, yeah it's, it's just so, it's a fun like stress relief it's a fun like exactly. mindless activity but okay so what i want to know is how did you secure all these really great partnerships like that's like you almost like put your marketing hat on then and like I, um I think that the once I did one, it, it was kind of snowballed. like yeah, because actually they had all reached out to me, and so I was like, wow. didn't even know where they found me from, um, but I'm like glad that they did. Yeah, um, of course. So I mean, I think a lot of it was Instagram and just kind of like being in New York and like meeting someone and like yeah. someone knows someone else, someone knows someone else, and like exactly. Uh, and, and I know personally from like the events perspective, like once I see a cool activation or someone tells me about it, I like have them on my radar to like book them because we're always looking for fun things to have. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's not a ton, like there weren't a ton of really cool activations. Totally. And I think that with my background of like actually creating experiences for other brands that it was like a little bit more helpful. Um, And then I had just made this deck and I was like sending this deck around to all these people. And then it was like, nope we're shutting down um <laughs> so it's fine because now it's like I got to work on something that I never thought I would do right I would never thought I would was gonna build my own my own customer base I always thought I was like yeah so working with b2b okay so then how did denim rush evolve from this like 
event activation experience company. So after like the lockdown started in like March, um, I had like some sweatshirts left that I was just trying to sell because I had them. And so what I was doing is like literally auctioning them off on Instagram stories. I was like, all right, I got five left. Who wants one? And I was just like, as they sold, I was like, no one's going to my goddamn website. Like, yes. whatever. Let me read all these. Like, I'm so over this. Yeah. I'm so over it. And so then after that, I think that, like, I just got really lucky because tie-dye, like, like, weirdly, like, it just, like, became a thing. It blew I already up. had the infrastructure to, to do what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, it just, like, I ordered, I was like, I should just make a set. I ordered the pants and then, and then, like, like I don't even know what happened it just like happened and so yes. I was like okay like all right now I'm doing this so um so that's how it all started and then it's just been kind of a shit show since it's great <laughs> but the best kind of shit show right like totally totally yeah I mean um I mean I think a big part I feel also like if it weren't for me staying home this like kind of wouldn't have happened because like I'm the type of person who likes to go out and be with people and like work on like my networking and relationships and like that's why I felt like I was doing well in the event space and Mm -hmm. like kind of getting jobs like that and yeah you were just um, networking and meeting people totally and so now and so then it was kind of like and so now I was like all right what is the blockchain how do you like how do you do this like where is everything why is everything everything shut down like how do I get like yeah make new set of contacts where it's like all people that need to call me the minute they get stuck in like how do they how do you build that relationship right you literally never met this person in your life and then also like I mean we didn't have stock for like a literally two months and like there were oh so many gosh. orders that from I was the beginning like, of quarantine you're saying yeah like it was like March it was like in that May June yeah um, and just no like stock. no stocks, so I couldn't sell, and then so like our our engagement went down, and then like once your engagement goes down, it's hard to build it back up. I yeah. feel, and then I mean the whole nine yards of just like what are we doing? And yeah, so we- okay, so then at what point though, just in this preparation to even like launch your brand full time and like really like dive into it when did you decide it was time to like move home and like is that was that part of your preparing to do this was that how you decided you're going to save money and be able to afford this life yeah so like after I quit my job in New York after we opened the museum um I was like I gotta go but I actually had moved to DC because I had um, family there and I was commuting to New York. So I was like, I got to cut all my overhead costs. I can't literally can't be spending like $2,000 on rent when I'm like not making money. (laughs) And um, so I would stay there and then I would go to New York kind of on like the weekends and kind of like continue to network and continue to have these like events um, and kind of like go like off of that. And then after quarantine hit, I was like, okay, well, I'm I might as well like go home yeah um especially if i'm like needing to if i'm building an e-commerce business and i need to get a warehouse like there's so many things and like ohio is so much cheaper than like any of the other oh absolutely and like 
it's and you have easier way to, more space instead of like living way on more top space. of your studio exactly and i already have i had connections here so okay. you know i'm working with the university of cincinnati for like interns mm -hmm. they like have and they have a great design program. program actually that was my second choice of uh schooling i was gonna go to Adapt. cincinnati yeah yeah so um i was kind of like okay might as well just like be here because i have like friends and like a life here rather than like not doing anything um so yeah it's like everyone's like oh you moved home from covid covid and i was like no i moved home before covid but like right you're like well, okay ever yeah i know i feel like it was like it the people of, that... oh everyone's like are you in Ohio for covid and i'm like yes yeah I know I, I when people would talk first of all because I was home during COVID but I didn't go home because of COVID I was home anyway yeah. and I got stuck there which is like so I was like I don't want anyone to talk to me about being home for COVID like you don't even know what happened <laughs> I, like, I know but it kind of like I said um I kind of like didn't have that like FOMO so I was able to work on my brand um so did you find you were a bit more productive being home I guess, in a way, like I had less distractions. Because um, New York can be, I mean, while it can be the best place to grow your business, it's full of distractions. It's full of like, you know, your your social life, your friends, whatever. Like you drop something because someone's like, I am doing brunch. Do you want to come? You know? And yeah. I think when you're home, those I know, distractions I've always are been pretty less. good about, like in New York, I've always been pretty good if, if I was like, I have shit to do, I can't come. And so usually- Good for you. I'm because I'm usually like I just want to know all the plans and then I'll show up if it works in my yeah. schedule. <laughs> You're like, don't not text me, but I'll decide if I'm coming. <laughs> exactly, it was kind of like that. Um, okay. But I mean, because like even my old job, like that was a lot of work. Like we, yeah. I was not only like planning it, but I like designed all the graphics along with our amazing graphic designer Laura she's amazing and but like oh, putting those into production and then um like literally managing all of these artists that are doing all these rooms to construction to building to like where is this where is that what is the experience how like how are people coming in like what it was a lot of work so, yeah, like, I yeah. literally like lived and slept at that like place oh until gosh. it until it opened so it was kind of like i didn't have a life anyway so it was like right right so you're kind of used to it <laughs> i was kind of used to like not having a life but um yeah. but what was interesting with my friends was and i always got sick of talking about denim rush and like what i wanted to do mm -hmm. um but i think everyone else was like all of my friends they were so excited so it, like it, it was kind of nice to talk to them because we would like flush out ideas yeah and it, felt like it was working but i wasn't working if that makes any sense yeah no absolutely um, so, I mean, like, I think that the biggest thing about quarantine and all of this is um, the biggest challenge is while I am, I don't have much to do, therefore I am working all the time. Yeah. I'm like bored out of my mind. <laughs> like, because I, I feel like I'm not one for routines. I'm like not a routine person. Really? I cannot do, I cannot do routine. Okay, wait, so you don't have like a morning routine, you don't have a daily routine, you don't have I cannot. a schedule. I like, cannot. What do you mean? Okay, when you wake up in the morning, you, you just go with the flow. Yes, like I cannot, I cannot have a routine. Wow, like, I'm I, like, I'm shocked. <laughs> I can't have a, I mean, I probably should, I just like can't do it. I like no, can't have a routine. It's, it's just interesting because I feel like most people 
thrive off of routines and the people that don't have them want them but it's so funny that you're just like no I don't do routines I can't do the same thing every day I, I like cannot do I can't do it I like that though I, I mean that's it. a very entrepreneurial way to be though you know I guess I mean I was like you should probably have a routine and I'm like leave me alone like I think <laughs> and, like it's a creative process for me like while yeah. it not may be the best like there definitely could make it better yes. I mean I try to have like systems rather than a routine so like okay I pick that I'm going to do something like I have to make orders today like my orders all have like a system yeah okay but like I like it's more like that rather than like wake up in the morning I do this and I do this and I do this and I do this I'm like oh like I I can't do that yes you know what I found is that I need if I'm gonna have a routine it can't be like a nine-step routine I had way too many steps in my routine in the morning and I was like sorry (laughs) something's gotta give and working out is what gave because I'm just like there's just no way it's gonna fit like I need it to be only maybe like three steps where it's like wake up walk my dog make coffee then start work like it can't be too many steps yeah yeah I agree I agree. And I also, like, my sleep schedule is, like, whack. Like, I... you don't sleep? Like, I like to work until, like, 7 a.m., and then I like to go to bed. Because... And it's not healthy, like, at all, but I just, like, work better at night. And it's, like, not good. My parents are like, are you good? And I'm like, I'm fine, but I just can't. Is it because you get like really energized with what you're doing and you just can't go to sleep? Or is it that you're just more productive? Sometimes I think that there's just less distractions again, because I do like, you know, I do have a small team of interns and like everyone's like doing their own thing and it's great. It's just like my phone's always, someone's always texting me. There's there's always something to do. And I, and sometimes I don't want to talk to anyone literally and I just want to do my work and so that time for me is like okay no one's gonna bother me yeah no that's a good point I I like I get that I understand it's not healthy I do not recommend this to anyone (laughs) I mean it's funny because it was like during um quarantine like my schedule is kind of off as well but like I would 4 a.m is where I draw the line and like usually where like my body's just like okay we've got to like do something differently but I would it the reason I would work that late is because I'm so excited by what I'm doing. Oh, I mean, that totally usually is like, usually when I'm working that late, it's like, um, either I'm like creating a new, like design type of thing. Like something came in and I'm like trying to see what I could do about it. Or I'm like reading my website or like, you know, all like my ongoing to do list. Like there's one thing that excites me and I'll do that. I was just like listening to whatever my body wanted. I was just honestly just listening to my body. And so yeah. if if I have energy at like four o'clock in the morning, like I'm going to work. That's when you're going to go for it. Yeah. That's when I should, because what's happening is even if I sleep at 12, even if I sleep at four, I'm still waking up at the same time. And so I'm like doing less work. And this is, makes right. no sense. Yeah. So um, I was like, if I have energy, like I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And, and the thing is, it's like, no, there is no right way to do things. If you're someone who does fine without a schedule, then just like keep doing that. But some people like yeah. need structure. And then I know, especially for me, like now being in the more entre- entrepreneurial space where I'm creating my own schedule, I need to hold myself to some sort of a routine. Oh, for sure. You know, otherwise I'll just kind of get caught up in things or like, I'll just like either keep working or just not start working. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I just got to give myself some sort of structure. Yeah. Totally. Um, so yeah. Okay. So, 
So you're home and you are working like crazy. And what, what are you working on? What's, what's coming next for Denim Rush? Um, so I think I'm going to launch a holiday collection next week. There, okay. Wow. Literally <laughs> this week. It's like, I think, um, I love the spontaneity. I, I'm getting the spontaneity from you and I, I, I like it. <laughs> I was just like, I'm going to try, I'm going to try some designs out tonight. If they look good, I'll launch them next week. Okay. So um, launching, uh, launching a new collection. What does that mean for you, for your brand? Is it like you use social media as a way to promote your, yeah. okay. Yeah. Essentially just like put it up on social media. Um, yeah. I think our bread and butter are sweats. So regardless mm -hmm. of what I launch, people want sweatpants. So yeah. Um, also, can I just ask how have sweats been? Sweats have been literally the hot item for the past. Yeah, they months. have. They have. So yeah, like I we launched like slip dresses and button downs, and while like those products are great, people just want sweats. So um, yeah. nobody so wants like, to be wearing a button down while they're at home on a call. You know exactly, exactly. So. Um, so I was, so we launched like our solid sets and now I think I might launch like some holiday sets, just like two colorways, just like for the holidays. I don't know. Yeah. I think Something that's a great idea. cute and fun. Um, so, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I like, I need to be, this is the other thing. Like I need to plan more. That's yeah. like literally i know i need to plan more now yeah. I have, like, other people who are like depending on what i plan right. so i'm like okay i should probably plan better so i'll figure that out tonight <laughs> yes what have been some challenges that you've encountered kind of being out on your own and starting your own brand what are some like things that you've learned along the way um a lot yeah. i mean like so much i think that like understanding customers and kind of like like you might know like you have intuition but then also there's like the reality and kind yeah. of like not being afraid to look at reality because that's something that I always like I would lie to myself all the time and I'm like this is doing you no good like why are yes. you lying to yourself you should look truly at the re the reality of things right um and then like learning you know like literally supply chain like when should we be ordering things how much yeah. money should we be putting into it like right. how much money are we getting back like how does all of this work like we're a smaller brand and we have no data to go off of so it's kind of this like yeah like, it's a very just sort of hit or miss so right figuring that out um and just like kind of trying to streamline everything um because mm -hmm. on like my websites and like seven hosted on like seven different things. So like putting everything yeah. on top of like, just literally working through all the kinks and like, yeah. we're learning a lot about like influencer marketing and, mm -hmm. you know, just like what works, what doesn't work, um, how to track all of that. Like who should we be working with? Yeah. Um, I still believe in partnerships. So we're like, yeah. we just sent um, a bunch of stuff to Miss USA for like their pageant that's coming up. So Amazing. you'll be seeing those sweatshirts around. Yeah. And then we have like an Indian collection that's coming out. Yeah. Um, Cause I've never really done anything Indian. So and obviously I'm Indian. So like, I was, like yeah. Oh. So that's um, really exciting. Are you like, is that something that you've wanted to do from the beginning? You're just kind of like, no, we've been working on that for like a year. Okay. So, okay. so that was like a process. That's like, that's the other thing with sweats, like with stuff that are, easy to like make yeah it's fine and like my strategy everything that I do is made to order and like I try to since I hand paint everything all of our inventory is always white so there 
opportunities are endless because they're really in your hands and like yes that was something that I wanted to like the whole fashion industry with the inventory and like it's a shit yeah I was like okay like let's say knock on wood this doesn't happen but let's say like no one's buying anything okay I have a bunch of white stuff I'm sure I could like do something with it you know what I'm saying like I could sell it back I could like liquidate faster like it's totally fine but it also gives you freedom to reinvent all the time because you're the one who's doing it and who's painting it and who's figuring it out you're not waiting on other people you're not like you know that's why it's like you're like oh you're spontaneous I'm like well it's right here like I might I already have everything I might as well just a new thing right yeah when you're working with a partnership um you know you have to respect their time and how they operate and like obviously it's not sweats these are like high-end Indian clothes that Mm -hmm. take time that we had to figure out what we were doing to design everything we had to um send them to India we had to get them stitched and um I'm working with this company called Holy Chic okay and um I know cute name right so they um have been doing so well during COVID they like they like grew so much and they're basically for like your Indian American woman who um, like wedding stuff or like festival stuff or like um, they also have like ready to wear stuff. So we wanted to kind of um, like really just hone in on this like artist collaboration and kind of like talk about like hand craftsmanship a little bit. So like this is, I feel like collection is like a really cool integration between like American culture and Indian culture. Um, Yeah. So this took forever, but it, it like turned out really good. And we're hopefully launching that in the beginning of December. Okay. Um, so that'll be good too. And, and so, so what, what market are you launching that to? Is it the American and the Indian market? Are you both kind of like cross, like using both of your lists? Yeah. Okay. Cross, like kind of cross doing Cross promoting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, since they are a little bit higher end, um, we, we want to see, like, Indians are used to spending that much money on um, Indian clothes. So yes. <laughs> we'll just see how it goes. Um, yeah. Because they're, like, kind of your statement pieces. So, and so um, are they sweats that you're, like? No, no, no. They're, like, Indian clothes. Full-on for Indian design. So like, not sweats at all not, anymore. No. Okay. Not sweats at all. So they are all hand-dyed, um, like, pieces. Like, I hand-dyed all the fabric. and then Wow. They, designed the pieces and they got them stitched with their tailors and we they worked through um all of that so it's a yeah I think there's like there's a picture up on my Instagram if you want to okay yeah I I definitely want to give you a little bit more perspective on what what it is yeah did you ever think when you were in school for interior design that you would be here like no I always I always laugh about this because I'm like, what the hell? Like, this is not what I went to school for. I mean, I love interior design and like, it's still something that I, in my future, um, as I learn and grow, learn more about how to be like an entrepreneur and um, different things like that. And Rush's focus is art. Like as much as it is a fashion company, um, it's about art and it's about like, putting color on things and like kind of how that you know changes your mood and like your perspective on things like that's how that's what art does to a room in general like Mm -hmm. I was kind of taking that sort of and putting it onto clothing which is just a different canvas yeah so um like it'll all somehow all it'll all merge into this beautiful career that together yes so you do think though in the future that you're going to incorporate interior design into your life oh for sure that's okay so that's that's a really cool that'll be a really cool um pivot for the brand I think you know totally and I think that um 
I mean, like, like we painted shoes. Like that's not necessarily apparel, right? Like exactly. you can literally put art on anything. Yeah. Right? It's sweats because we all need to be home and like be comfortable and like, right. That's our vibe. So, right. I mean, it's, it's just art. It, like it's painting. You're just putting color on things. And so, um, once experiences start up again, I'm sure that like, you yeah. know, we could be working with a luggage brand. We could be working with like any lifestyle brand. We yes. could be work- like it doesn't, it, it's endless, you know, right. with like a coffee shop. What if we're like customizing their coffee mugs as people buy things? Like, you know, there's literally, it's end- like you do whatever. That's uh, the possibilities really are endless. And I feel like what's really cool about Denim Rush is that it it's like a brand that has taken so many shapes. Like you do customization and activations and um, experiences, but then you also create products. So it's like, you're, yeah. it's like your brand has become like a chameleon. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what do people want and what works, right? Yes. Because big part of it was like, how am I creating this custom experience online? Like you yes. can still customize any product that you're purchasing. It's all made to order. So I like, it was like, okay, people can't go into stores now. How can I create this like experience online? And like, how am I doing that for them? Yeah. What would you, what's some advice that you would give to like people that are entering the fashion world in this COVID time, you know, especially for these people that want to pursue design. Um, yeah. It's just a weird time to be entering really any industry, but like specifically fashion, you know, I've talked to a lot of students from Kent and, you know, students that are graduating soon and I think they're kind of worried and rightfully so. I mean, we're worried. (laughs) So what's, what's some advice that you would give them? I think you just have to look at where people are, like who, like if something that you want, if you want to start your own brand, when you're starting something, are you, are you offering something completely new? You can't just say I'm looking at it from a different light. Like Mm -hmm. the thing is you have to look at your customers. What you find is so interesting. They don't give a shit. So like, what are they really looking at? Right? Like what, is something that is really adding value to their lives. Like, are you using different types of material? Are you being sustainable? Are you like, what are you doing that is making it so unique that that person needs to have it? Because at the end of the day, you are, it's a luxury to have a lot of clothing. Yeah. So why must someone buy your shit? Yeah. So, and, and that, and I feel like a lot of, like, even me, you know, like, when I first started Denim Rush, it was, like, my ego that was kind of, like, these jackets need to be $300 because they're hand-painted. And, like, mm, if, right. like, Ralph Lauren or, like, you know, Balenciaga can do it, why can't I? Well, yes. they're last Ralph Lauren and Balenciaga, and they didn't start – they've been there forever. Like, they're a legacy brand. It's not right. the same as you just starting off and kind of being, like, someone's going to buy this for $300. Like, that's yeah. not the reality. Realistic. Yeah, that's not the – exactly. It's not the reality. Like – one day you can do that and but like you can't why should someone trust you like you were in an online world why should I I trust your website to put my credit card information in your website to then purchase something right you know so so you have to build a community and so so once you build a community you have like you you'll know why you're putting out the content that you are putting out if that makes any sense yeah no that makes perfect sense and like also just start like just start because you're gonna hate your first product like right i look back at some stuff and i'm like like why did i ever launch that but like you never you don't learn unless you launch it because yes everything that you do is theory until you do it exactly 
So just, yeah, just start. I feel like that's like, that's been the best piece of advice that I've heard and I've given is that like, there's, first of all, there's never going to be the right time. Exactly. If you're waiting. And it's like, people like, it's too late. I'm like, okay, but if you don't start now, it's going to something else. It's going to be too late for something else. It's going to be too later. So it's like, you might as well be too late. And then there's also just no such thing as too late when you're pursuing your passion. If you're, if you're doing something you want to do, there's no such thing as too late. And I just feel like during this time, like when we're spending a lot more time, you know, in our homes and just being a bit more reflective, it's a good time to figure out what you want to do and to just do it. Like stop planning so much. Stop like, like I, and I feel like there's just a lot of people that are like, well, if I I have it all mapped out sometimes just take the first step and then it'll snowball. Think about it this way. This was a piece of advice that I got. Think about like, the taxi industry, right? I'm yeah. sure that they had like a five-year plan. They knew what yep. they wanted to do. They had everything mapped out. And then Uber came. Like they yes. did not anticipate that Uber was going to come. They did not anticipate that rideshare was going to be anything. They did not anticipate any of that. So there goes their five-year plan. And right. then there goes all the time you spent on that five-year plan. Exactly. So I like to wrap up every show with what I call a shot, which is basically something small but strong and powerful that you want to pass on. And you've just given us some like really good pieces of advice, but what's one shot that you would give? And not just to people that are in fashion or in design or the experiential world, just to people who really want to take this leap of faith and pursue their passion. You have to learn to live in the chaos because it's always going to be chaotic and it's never going to make sense. So if you don't learn to live in the chaos, you're just like going to beat yourself up all the time over shit that no one knew. So like, you're never going to have, you're never going to, if you're an entrepreneur, you're never going to make the decision with all hundred percent of the chips in your hand. You're going to have maybe 50 and you're just going to have to like, yeah, you just have to make that decision. This is the time you got to do it. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And I feel like if you don't learn to live in the chaos, you'll end up stressing yourself out because you won't, Totally. you won't. You'll, you'll try to fix the chaos and you, there's no fixing the chaos you just have to live through it yeah I like that live through the chaos live in the chaos yeah embrace the chaos that it's just it is and I think that that's with COVID like you, no one knows what's going on just like stop trying to figure it out just like live in it right yeah we, we literally have no idea trying to figure it out yeah. is only only going to be more stressful you're going to get or you're going to have anxiety because like you won't know the answer to that no one does it's so true i love that well i am so excited to see what you do next and to hopefully see this holiday collection that you launch next week Uh, we'll see i'm gonna work on it tonight (laughs) we'll see so where can people if they want to um find you or find denim rush where can they find you go to our website www.denimrush.com it's getting a facelift at the moment it's so active but facelift will probably be live in like a day okay so maybe Um, a little bit to log in (laughs) it'll be or by the time this goes live it'll be it'll be a live okay we'll be good um and then you can follow us at denim rush and then you can follow me at aparna.a love it thank you so much aparna thank you